0: We here at Chop Shop Economics, in the spirit of the holiday season, wish to all of our listeners labor peace on Earth, capitalist exploitation towards all, and the onset of our new cyberpunk dystopia. Wait, that that doesn't sound right. No, no it doesn't.
1: You see there are all sorts of ways that one can be housed. Um, but sometimes the traditional options just don't work for people. After all, you have to pass a credit check, um, hand in a vial of unicorn blood your firstborn child, um, and have a perfect 950 credit score. Um, mirror 800 peons need not apply.
0: Wow. So. (laughs) But this is a Black Mirror episode. Like, Mm -hmm. every part of Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Um, Remember, you had to pay first,
1: last, um, a security deposit equivalent to two years of rent. Um, It's really bleak out there. Um, Because landlords can do whatever the fuck they want. And so, if they decided that you just can't have an apartment, you can't have one. So, what are your options? Well, obviously, there's the homeless shelter. Which, you know, I've done those. It sucks. Um, no privacy. No fucking. Um, no nothing. Um... Then there are pot chairs, which is this thing in L.A. Um, that's sort of like a Japanese capsule hotel, except terrible. Um, because while you get a little more space, it's open to the public, you're not allowed to tent, no nudity either, so good luck changing your clothes, and you'll if you've ever been homeless, you'll understand why that's a pain in the ass. <sighs> wow. So, that's... <laughs> and you pay, like, you know, 1200 a month for the privilege. Um, this isn't... Again, this is not like... There are no capital hotels in America. Um,
0: for the most part. Um, certainly not I like, say that, like... I'm not even Christian, you know, and I know this is making baby Jesus cry. Yeah, yeah. And so you might decide,
1: well, you know, I want to fuck. I want a little more privacy. I want a little more room to store my crap, but not too much. But I still want to live with a whole bunch of unrelated people. Um I also don't want any of like the cat Uh, you know, the anti-capitalist politics or dumpster diving or, like, anything involved with, like, a punk house or commune or whatever. So these amazing entrepreneurs have come up with a capitalist commune. Um, They're gentrifying fucking communes. Yeah, yeah. They gener- uh, they gentrified the homeless shelter and now they're gentrifying the, um, the commune. They're gentrifying the punk house. Like, this is spectacularly fucked up. Um.
0: <laughs> but there are so many creatives whose heads are exploding right now. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. This capitalist commune is trying to cure LA's loneliness. Plus, there's free coffee. Do you know how much free coffee costs you when you're running one of these enterprises? It's a rounding error. No one cares.
0: This, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to Cyberpunk 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't even need to update the year on the book. Cybernetics yeah. are next down the line. Um. Yeah, I mean it's like we get
1: all of the dystopia, but we don't even get any fucking chrome. I can't just jack in. I don't have you know any data shards. Um, hell, there's no there's no nomad clans I can join to um, roam the open waste land roads. <laughs> Like th- this, sucks as a cyberpunk future. This fucking sucks. <laughs> they cut out all the cool shit.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's a shit dystopia. They had to cut the yeah, somewhere. yeah. I mean, it's like at least you know, Pawn Smith. He
1: understood that. Like, if you extrapolate like the DEA yeah. drug war um, out far enough, you get like, you know. <laughs> The deep state trying to like destroy the civilian government and collapse and all of a sudden everything you buy is made by a mega corporation like in South Korea or Japan. Um, and that's why I buy no attack <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Welcome to the show. <laughs> 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 ah, Yeah, this is Chop Chop Economics. We read the shit so you don't have to. God, that was bleak.
0: You should read it. We'll link it. It's, it is it is horrible. Yeah, this is in the LA Times. It's just... Dis- <laughs> this is not... Yeah, like- <laughs> it is like, disgustingly twee. Um,
1: it's this disgusting little venture capital project. And... Los Angeles, which does not need any more of this. Yeah. Just the fucking housing. No housing, you psychos.
0: Yeah. Ugh. I hate these people. I hate them so they, much. Yeah. Um, and they've really given good reason to hate them. Uh, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm Dr. Spider. With me is Miss Silver. And as I'm sure you're all aware, The stimulus has actually passed.
1: It's a Christmas fucking miracle. Six people voted against it in the Senate. Um, It's all the usual suspects, like, you know the demon known as Marcia Blackburn, um, or Rand Paul or um Ted Cruz. You know, the your typical um absolute scumbags. I mean I, I can't even call them fascist psychos, because half of them aren't even that. They're more
0: like uh made men. They're just like selfish bastards, more than anything else. It's what they are. They know that they can grandstand on this in some way or another to their political benefit, and they probably are financially benefiting directly from the fuckery. yeah, it's happening, so... Um, we're sure that folks are aware of the broad strokes that Congress thinks that we can all make it on... A whole $600. That's like not even a rent payment. In Yeah. For like 80% of the market.
1: (laughs) Now I'm sure that like. They just forgot to add back in that little part that said that. The $600 will be denominated in. um, 1949. Um. Dollars and not twenty twenty ones. So, look forward to your check of six thousand five hundred sixty dollars. <sighs> um, sorry that Bernie could not get us the um thirteen thousand that we are clearly owed, but um, yeah,
0: no, that's, no, that's it, it. We just get six hundred. Yeah, that's all we got. Yeah, fuck you. It, it's <laughs> this is like yeah, the cake memes are entirely appropriate. Um, all of them. And the <laughs> Lucille Bluth memes. And um, just all the memeing. Because it's it's what it is. This is not even, like... And they're also offering an extra $300 a week above and beyond for unemployment. You know, because it's not like people are not already being dropped off the unemployment rolls. Or there's people who are not eligible to begin with. Um... Yeah, or, and I believe they took some people out of eligibility, which is just,
1: you know, psycho shit. Come on.
0: No hazard uh, pay for essential workers. Yeah, and it's like, ah, uh, it reminds me of that
1: fucking TikTok where the gal, like, sprinkles out two little bits of dog food and then the dog attacks her like of course the dog fucking attacked her like what the fuck why would you give us like you know two two bits of dog food that's, that's what the you know, congress did in the end they told us we're going to shake out the little dog food container until there's two bits left and then we're going to dump it in your bowl and you're going to like it
0: yeah this, and then they get angry at us that we're not grateful. This is a joke. This is... Yeah. Not, like, the amounts of money that are in here are not enough for bailing out state and local governments. Like, there's money for that in there, but it's, like, almost a tenth of what was initially proposed back in May. <laughs> um, before things yeah. got worse, by the way, when only a trillion dollars in direct aid to state and local governments was necessary. Um um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this is so t- this is like and ev- every part of this is just too little too late. Um the one maybe possibly unambiguously good thing is eviction moratoriums are extended to the end of January. So You don't have to worry about being thrown out of your house on Christmas. You will just might need to get ready for it after New Year's, depending on how Washington handles it. Yeah, and keep in mind that a lot of
1: Congress's time is going to be spent on, like, Setting up the Senate and confirming um, cabinet employees and all that other fun shit that happens as part of a regular uh, transition in office. um, All of that starts on, like, the 5th. Um,
0: There's not
1: much time. But hey,
0: they kicked the can, like, a month. Yeah. So, you know... Don't put down the eviction defense manual. Yeah. Like, they
1: did put $25 billion away, I want to say, for um...
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, for rental assistance, but... That's... That, not, enough. Not, not enough. Not even close. That's going to get wiped out. And it's probably going to be used as a slush fund, to some extent. Yeah. Like... A lot of this is probably going to get soaked up by big landlords who have the money and the lawyers and the connections to get rental assistance and not like the old grandma down the street who bought her house in 1950
1: yeah I mean it's just massively it's massively fucked up and I don't between this and a bunch of other moves that Biden has made I I think our thesis that they just don't understand how bad it is um, I think it's true I, I think they recognize that there is a problem but I don't think they
0: they really want to grapple with the scale of it um, exactly they're at the point of and Specifically, when we're talking about shit Biden's doing, it's, as per the New York Times, Biden's direct intervention was essential for getting the stimulus bill passed by going to the House Dems and telling them, you're going to take half and like it.
1: Yeah. And.
0: Knowing, having had direct experience with the Obama administration, when the same shit happened, and it spiked a significantly milder, by comparison, economic crisis. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's like the market could eventually absorb the toxic paper. Um, like it would have been, it would have been horrific, but it was survival. Um, Turning off an economy like this and then turning it back on um, once the vaccine is fully distributed, that's not something we're really set up for. And we don't really have a framework for, like, direct payments or unemployment guarantees or how even, like, getting people disability payments for anything short of catastrophic
0: total disability. And even then, that's that's paltry. You get like 700 a month. This, by the way, is why Jason fuckface Furman crowing about how big as a percentage of GDP the first round of (sighs) relief was, is total horse shit. Because what that obscures and hides Jason... Is that we have to spend that much money, Jason, because our social support systems are totally non-existent. And it costs more fucking money to build your goddamn airplane while it is plummeting from the sky than on the ground, you fucking moron.
1: Yes. Like, oh my god,
0: the gall of that little shit. Obama's chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, everybody. Yeah. Architect of our fucking misery. These are the geniuses who they, I mean, granted, they haven't rehired him, but he likes the people that Biden's putting on the team, so I'm worried. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If Jason Furman likes your economic picks, um, that's Yeah, That's bad. Yeah, this is, it's, yeah, this is where we're at. This is people who really just don't seem to understand how bad the situation is. And just to go over how, like, one specific, like, this is just, they do not get it. And they're, like, you've got Furman talking about shit, like, let's... Tie relief funding to local unemployment rates, knowing full well that number is actually a really questionable number whether it represents anything at all that's meaningful. Yeah. And fortunately, no
1: such mechanism is in the final bill. Uh, the bill has been signed, by the way. Uh, oh, blurf. It has not been signed, but it is ready for the president to sign and trump has not exactly signaled that he is going to go against it um it's not like the ndaa i i'm sure that he uh, maybe he could have gotten his section two verde bullshit in but i don't know
0: i i think i mean it was such an overwhelming majority in the senate and i think similar arm twisting is going to happen in the house that it would be pointless yeah. Like, that seems to be what's shaping up. Because if the Senate went that hard for it, then a sufficiently large chunk of the Republican Party will be allowed to defect and stop mm. being shitty about this. You know. Probably, like, the third of the caucus that didn't sign on to the Texas lawsuit. Um, yeah. And it's and just, just basically... <laughs> They can own this. This is where we are. They own this. This is bipartisan fuckery. Washington owns all of this. This belongs to them. (laughs) Both parties were on board with this fuckery. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just... This is driving me mad. This is driving
0: me mad, because this is so fucked. It's just so dumb. And then on top of that, we had the biggest hack in history with winds. Yeah. That's just, like... <laughs> shit like, oh, we were regularly putting security access codes out on GitHub (laughs) and other incredibly dumb bullshit for the security contractor who covers like four-fifths of the Fortune 500, the US military, um, a large chunk of the intelligence community, and a whole bunch of other really important things. I mean...
1: So, it's probably worth wondering what the fuck is SolarWinds? Um, SolarWinds is they're an IT management software company. Um, basically, what they do, um, they're not actually a a cybersecurity company. Um, Most of what they do is products for network management, system management. Um, I'm told it's a pretty nice product. Um, But the thing with it is is that it is pretty invasive. Um, Any major thing you add to your infrastructure like this is invasive. And it's you know, it's cloud-based. Um, and things like, yeah, leaving your <laughs> your master security keys out on fucking GitHub because you didn't reject them properly.
0: Um, that's a huge problem. <laughs> like, it feels like this is just another part of the whole, like, endless stack of contracting turtles that holds up the economy at this point.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they do solve a real problem. It's just... You don't want to give... Here's the thing. you, If you trust your entire IT infrastructure over to these sorts of monitoring and analysis tools, um, if you allow them to manage all your configurations and such. And it's all in the cloud so that you can easily um, access it from home um, without, you know, internal VPN stuff. Like that's handy, but it comes with a cost, and that cost is if there's, an, if there's a major exploit and, you know, security credentials to make use of the exploit and, you know, fun stuff like that, then any company that has converted their infrastructure to run alongside all of this SolarWinds stuff is hilariously vulnerable because it's basically networking wise it's inside your network and you can gain privileged access through that route. you well, you bypass all the external security controls that keep you know random script kitties out of your network. So they can access, you know, Barbara and Accounting's um, computer without having to go through, um, you know, the corporate VPN and all the, you know, internal defenses and all that fun stuff. They can just go right in. And 18,000 companies are running this. And some the large sweeps of the U.S. government. Contracting, people. (laughs) The cloud is someone else's computer, and someone else's computer can be hacked.
0: Neoliberal capitalism, bigger, faster, more, and dumber. Just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. always. Don't, not even once. (laughs) (laughs) Even by the standards of capitalism, neoliberalism's proclivity to this kind of stupidity is just... Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: you go on their site and it's like this big, bold security advisory telling you to upgrade your shit already. Um, Because they massively fucked up. (sighs) Yup. And they didn't know about it for nine months, which is in an eternity when you're worried about people exfiltrating shit. Uh, In this case, it was Russia. It could have been any number of other actors, though. Um, Thing about this kind of thing is that if it's open for Russia, it's open for just anyone. If they know what Russia knows.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not... And this includes things like systems that run the electrical grid in some parts of the country, and all kinds of incredibly vital infrastructure.
1: Yeah. 425 out of 500 of the Fortune 500 companies. Like... This, yeah. This is... Yeah. I mean... Obviously there are parts of this that you can't really touch from solar winds like you're not gonna be able to touch most nuclear power plants this way because most of those are like they're based on old DC shit um, and uh, security for obscurity um, yeah you have to figure out how to handle that. Differently, and besides, most of those systems aren't even connected to the internet
0: for obvious reasons. Because you know shit like this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like <laughs> you can get at the office computers, but you
1: can't get at like the actual control systems because the control systems are an emulator in the basement. Um, We're bringing a. Ethernet cable from the outside is punishable
0: by death. Like what <laughs> what astonishes me with this the most is that so many prominent clients were using this service and none of them were able to catch these security flaws. Yeah. None of them were going. Wait a minute. We should audit this.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like part of it is because it's it's stuff that you know runs in the background. It's infrastructure. It's not. It's not very easy for like um, security professionals to really look at because. <sighs> What are you going to do with it um, in a home context? you really need, like,
0: you know, a, a virtual lab to handle? Um, but when you're at the point of playing around with the, like, literally untraceable money that, like, the <laughs> Pentagon has, that shouldn't be yeah, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> There's an organization that's that's failed to complete audits twice. They probably have the money and the resources to actually check someone else's homework.
1: Yeah, and it's like API key and SSH key leakage is, it's not a new problem. It happens a lot. It's just that wins wasn't noticed for, like, this fucking long.
0: And nine months? It's an eternity. These people are fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: well, I don't want to bag on them too much, because that's kind of the nature of the beast with this type of software. Um, this this sort of infrastructure management problem is genuinely pretty hard. But at the same time, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like, if this
0: is this is why this sort of monoculture mono shit is bad. Yeah. Just all of this is everything that is wrong with how this current mode of production works. Yeah.
1: Ah, So we've beaten that horse to death. Um, Should we move on to labor? Sounds good. Alright. So, the New York Appellate Division... Um, considers Uber drivers
0: to be employees. This, of course, will collide with the immovable force called uh, Proposition 22, where the state of California holds they are not. Yeah. They are independent contractors.
1: So, assuming anyone sues them over it, and both get upheld uh, both get upheld Um, Uber will definitely sue New York Um, I'm not sure who will attempt to sue um,
0: in California probably the Um, Teamsters if anyone's going to sue it's going to be the Teamsters or it's going to be a some kind of like driver's collective would be the most likely to sue because they'd have the standing yeah. And so
1: what would happen is, assuming that both results were upheld in their respective circuits, you've automatically generated the conditions for a circuit to split. And that doesn't mean that uh, you know the Supreme Court will take the case and with the way the court is currently structured, I don't think it would end well, but it is good to see that, you know, at least one state is pushing back against this fucking... Like, I won't say that every single example of an independent contractor is a scam, but most of it is a scam.
0: Or what's, like, especially galling with this case is... The, Calif- like, Prop 22 happened because the California courts came to the same finding. So, Uber and Lyft bankrolled a completely dishonest ballot measure campaign where they promised, among other things, that fees would not go up and that this was necessary to keep Uber and Lyft and all the other ones affordable, and they've all, like, promptly hiked up their fees as per broke ass Stewart. So... It was basically, the courts (laughs) said, what you're doing is obvious bullshit. It walks like a duck and talks like a duck. Therefore, their employees cut the crap. So they went, fine, we're just going to spend a giant pile of money, actively misinform the public, and uh, run the table on California's somewhat messy direct democracy process. Yeah. And then, you know, probably try to do the same thing in New York. Even though the New York court is more or less saying the same thing. If they're going, it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck. They're not independent contractors. Shut the fucking fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, this, we'll see what happens with this. Like, I don't think Prop 22 is going to be the end of any of this by, in California by a long shot. And... Especially because it's now decimating all the other independent contractors because the rules in that are really kind of shitty if you're an independent contractor. So this whole, like, how the gig economy is happening is actively being fought out. Like, the uberfication of service work is not inevitable by a long shot.
1: But, yeah, this is... (laughs) It's still pretty amazing that it's like everybody is finally coming down on the side of, yeah, no, you're trying to scam the independent contractor system. This, these are employees. Um, no matter how you structure your weird bullshit. Um, and, yeah, basically, this is what we're looking at.
0: Um, and let's <sighs> you know, <on> the <laughs> let's remind everyone just really quick that Uber's business model was, and as far as anyone can tell, still is: soak up fat amounts of venture capital until we can make self-driving cars. So until someone else can make self-driving cars, at this point, yeah, uh, they
1: they spun off their. Um, they're part of the self-driving car business. It turns out it's really hard to get to level four. Um, it may be... A, uh, it's probably an AI hard problem at the very least, which is uh, not good news.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Remember this. Their entire model is one that will put you out of work at the end of the day. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's like... Do I think self-driving cars would be good? Yeah. Kind of. I mean... I don't trust Uber to do it, though. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, fuck, I don't even trust Tesla to do it. And here we are. I especially don't trust Tesla. Like... Oh, yeah, no. But they've... They uh, they actually build their own vehicles, so... That's they've true. Better chance of doing it than Uber did. Um, Uber just converts shit. And they have, you know,
0: safety pilots in there to um, take the legal blame. Totally. Evil shit. Which brings us to other fuckery going on in Salem, Oregon. Oh, yeah, that shit show. (laughs) Um.
1: It was kind of amazing. Um, So basically, all kinds of shit happened. They tried to push their way into um, a special session of, you know, the state legislature. Um, And, you know, It was declared an unlawful assembly. They tried to budge them. Um, They didn't try super hard, but it was kind of yeah. And now it's like some of these far right types, and not we're not just talking about boog boys here because uh, those people have been kind of They've always been kind of a cab um, but it's like it's kind of worrying to see broader sections of the far right embrace that
0: too. Yeah because <laughs> you know they discovered the hard way, of, wait a minute, the state troopers exist to protect the state um, mm-hmm. and will not tolerate far-right fuckery that goes beyond that. So mm-hmm. the cops got out the gas and the mace. Yeah. They'd and... <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of sitting over here, like, eating popcorn. You know, let them fight. This is, like, great television here. Like, neither side of this winning is, you know, preferred. Oh, yeah. Let them fight. It's like, fuck both of you, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some, like, weirdness, because, like, the far right is kind of divided on the cop question. The, the most interesting take, I think, is going to be from the pasta comitatus people, who believe that, you know, the county sheriff is the only relevant constitutional authority. Um, the state police don't count, the local police don't count, only the county sheriff counts, and the local police only derive their authority through the county sheriff unless the county sheriff doesn't do something I like, in which case he needs to be voted out or um, hung. Um, this is their
0: idea, not mine. I don't. There's some weird shit out there. I actually. have no opinion. <laughs> Like, and then you've got, like, you know, the more openly insurgent elements of the far right, like, you know, the Reed Siege types, um, and, like, now, now, like, yes, I'm a fascist, fuck you, American Front types are, like, you know, a bit more fuck the cops because the cops are agents of the Zionist-occupied government or something like that, um, yep, Where this gets fun is when you get to groups like, you know, the Proud Boys, who are, you know, probably could be described as pretty pro-cop when they're not being, like, an auxiliary of the local police. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, except I don't know if
1: that's... There are signs that, hell, that might even change, because... Partly because the thing is, is they are starting to be designated as a gang. And that means that gang enhancement applies to them. That means that the whole uh, coercive apparatus that was thrown at the gangs back in the 80s and the 90s and the oddies and, you know, every decade um, since, like, you know, the fucking 80s. That whole coercive apparatus can be thrown at the Proud Boys, and there are signs that it is being thrown at them. Um, Which means that they may not be able to stick with this whole pro-cop thing forever. (laughs) Which, you know, that's not a good thing.
0: I don't think. And we are still, you know, not even a year out from that one time when a majority of Americans thought it was justified to torture a police precinct. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're still As in a,
0: a situation where Black Lives Matter has, like, solidly majority support, at least ideologically, if not tactically, or policy-wise. People will at least claim to support the movement's goals. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So, and we also know from a lot of different reporting that police recruitment has been in decline for the last like decade. So, yeah, we may be seeing a very interesting situation where the cops are running out of support bases in society for what it is they do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like some of this is going to break down by individual units because. I mean, they are. They're probably not going to take a all cops or bastards sort of deal, um, but it's definitely going to be like any department that opposes the Proud Boys or whatever.
0: Is they are bastards and they must be defeated. Yeah, um, this is going to be a really like interesting situation as far as that goes because you know, anything that fragments the right-wing fascist coalition is good by me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like what I'm... I guess
1: what I'm worried about is, like, I don't want us to get confused on this, and I don't... I I think it's pointing, you know, towards an increased radicalization. Um that means that, you know, that sort of far-right radicalism is getting more traction. There's, you know, people are willing to go further and further with their far-right positions. Like, you know, what might have been your average skinhead, well, you know, bonehead way back in the day is
0: now, like, all Reed Siege types. (laughs) Like, <laughs> this is something to watch the right in America is undergoing a lot of fractures because a very large segment of it is radicalizing very rapidly
1: yeah and I mean it's mostly it's bad for us because we're not privy to like you know all of the all of the shifts and such and so you know obviously we don't want to be bu- uh, blindsided by our analysis becoming um invalid yep.
0: um that gives I think that gets <laughs> us to the shit going down in Wall Street
1: Oh, yeah. So. So, Which one should should we
0: start with first? In. So, as of December 21st, the European Mm -hmm. exchanges have just taken a significant bath. Not, like, as bad as the really wild shit back in March, but. Mm -hmm still pretty bad first like seriously nasty downturn since this crisis began and you know europe so far has been weathering this better from an economic standpoint than the united states because the european union's members by and large have better social support systems in place and this time the european council and the ecb are not being austerity hawks and fucking stupid about it yeah i mean they haven't exactly given huge amounts of money but they're not doing the things that rat fucked the last recovery process um so the fact that their exchanges are dropping in this already kind of fragile moment when they're one of the few markets that's actually still functioning in a relatively normal fashion, like one that mm-hmm. can afford to keep China's exports fed, oh. is is not a good thing. That is not a good sign right now.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: obviously, we will get
1: to... Um... The Elephant Room about this. But on this side of the pond, something a little
0: concerning is happening. Oh, yeah. Um, So three days before, on December 18th, the Federal Reserve mm -hmm. has resumed buying back corporate shares. Yeah.
1: Now, um...
0: The last two times that the Fed was doing this at a sustained rate were during the 2008 financial crisis and when the COVID crisis was kicking off. And when we're saying buying back shares, we literally mean the Federal Reserve is going, hey, private American corporation on the stock exchange, we would like to have shares. Here's money. Yeah. And... They're basically... (laughs) This is the central government is, through the means of its central bank, purchasing chunks of the private sector to give them money to stay afloat. Oh, yeah.
1: And it's like, it is subject to some restrictions, they're capping dividends, um... uh, They don't want... Um, there's some, well, there are some limits on this, basically, but they're, um, they're letting the big banks, um, do share
0: buybacks. Um, and... <laughs> yeah, this is so dumb. No, it's not mm-hmm. dumb. It's desperate. Because... Yeah. This is happening, by the way, as the stimulus negotiations were wrapping up, and it was clear that the skinny nine hundred billion dollar stimulus was happening. So that the Federal Reserve has shifted policy and is going back to what is an emergency measure, even with it being pretty clear that Congress was gonna finally pull their thumb out of their ass. Yeah, that yeah. this is this does not look good. So, the article we're getting this from is not particularly clear on what the consequences of this are. Um, Like, it's mostly CNBC saying, the thing is happening, watch this space.
1: Yeah. But it's... And... (laughs) Yeah, this is... Yeah. I mean, it's like... I mean, the one I'm reading kind of seems to be implying that uh, this is a return to normal, and they think that big banks are sufficiently um, capitalized in the event of downturn, which is kind of alarming in another way, in that they believe that you know the system is fine and
0: will not blow up. Yeah, nothing wrong with this picture. mm, (laughs) This is not great. This, This is the, yeah, the markets are not in a good position for any significant shock. Like what happened with Chinese power grids just this past week. Ooh yeah. So
1: on to energy and climate. Um China has a coal shortage. And it is it's definitely fucking up their power grid. Um
0: and they're claiming this shortage is largely due to COVID inflicted supply chain disruptions.
1: Yeah they're having to, like, overproduce a bunch of stuff, um, to get goods back in circulation. Um, this increases power requirements, this uh, increases um, coal carbon requirements, um, like, you know, if you're making anything with steel, you need carbon in the process, and the easiest way to do that is coal,
0: um, it's not the best, like, but it's the easiest. There's that neat, like, hydrogen-fueled crucible they're playing with in Sweden, but that's totally theoretical at this point. Oh, yeah, and that's for when you don't need to add extra carbon in the process. Uh, you just need heat. Yeah. But, um, yeah. so... <laughs> and it's also worth mentioning, on top of all of these, like, supply problems that are being caused by these shifts in production you also have on the flip side the supply problem in terms of fuel namely that china does have to import a significant chunk of its coal a lot of it is domestic production but there's also a lot of import from a lot of different sources because you can't use the same grades of coal for the same things um like australian coal for example is largely used for steel production and not like direct electricity production so the and we're seeing pressure on the coal industry worldwide there are coal companies that are like popping the corks on their own wakes at this point and there's going to be inevitable disruptions happening in the actual labor pretty much everywhere because covid Cause also the health problems that come with mining coal and the workplace hazards and the shit that's going to happen because people are probably being overworked due to being shorthanded for one reason or another. Yeah. And there's like
1: a lot of, uh, some of it is, um, end of year energy targets are coming up. Um, not the end of our year, but the end of theirs um, is coming soon. Um, you'll probably remember that the coronavirus crisis kicked off around the Chinese New Year. Um, that's a little further away than our calendar has it, but there's uh, that still means that, like in terms of like yearly energy targets, um a lot of places are kind of overshot and now they're needing to conserve um, because everything is a clusterfuck. Um, a lot of their electricity is derived from coal. I have faith in them that they will eventually decarbonize, but that's not today. You cannot snap your fingers and make renewables happen
0: like if anything Um, this will probably increase incentives to decarbonize because diversifying away from coal is the obvious mid to long-term solution to this problem like regardless of what you do in the short term to deal with energy shortages due to disruptions in coal production you yeah. say mid to long term okay then we just go to something that is less dependent on this we find ways to diversify the grid we expand our already considerable renewable energy production which we were already oh, investing yeah. in which we can already produce without having to import critical materials yeah that's
1: like that's the thing for china their renewable sector is growing but they're overall power requirements are also growing. Yeah. um, Which complicates any efforts to decarbonize. um, And it really doesn't help that there's... A lot of things
0: have gone wrong at the co-production side of things. Oh, yeah. Like, we're (laughs) at the point that as of... uh, December 17th, the Blue Waters uh, power station in Australia, which is a coal fired plant and worth $1.2 billion, has just been completely written off as worthless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: what do you do with it? This is in a country it, that it, exports coal. <laughs> like, massively exports coal.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like. It's not even like they can convert it to natural gas because Australia doesn't, uh, did not set those kinds of, you know, they didn't go like all out fracking boom, um, which is the way that uh, we ended up losing a lot of coal capacity in favor of natural gas capacity. Um, Because it's relatively easy to convert a coal-burning plant over to natural gas. Yeah. Um, If anything, it makes the maintenance and such easier. um,
0: Because coal is fucking nasty. Oh, yeah. But this is... Yeah, this is where... This kind of shit is happening throughout the coal industry. This is not unique to this power station. We've been, like... You want to play a really fun and dangerous drinking game? Um, Pick any episode of this podcast after, like, the month of March at random and take a shot if the episode says anything at all about Cole eating shit in some way or another. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) This has been a consistent thing. I mean, even if you do the shots of beer roll, um, you're you're still gonna die. <laughs> oh yeah, you you'll be getting into a keg easily. This is this is not surprising to people who have been watching this industry, and this is just an acceleration of what's been going on. Like it, yeah. I, it just I will be forever grateful for that. The one unambiguously good thing that happened in 2020 is coal and oil are eating shit and dying, economically speaking. (laughs) That climate change will actually, like, getting to a green economy is something that's going to actually have a fighting chance. Because two of the biggest fuck-off elephants in the room have just keeled over. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like we said with the China story, um, I think that if President Xi could snap his fingers and make coal
0: go away, he probably would. Um, Like, the EU is pretty much at that point. Even Boris Johnson (laughs) Johnson is trying to bank on turning Britain into quote, the Saudi Arabia of wind power. (laughs) i mean theoretically you know i've heard worse plans like the british isles are amazing for offshore wind and onshore wind for that matter but yeah but how are you gonna export it and never mind that you know it's gonna be his fucking eaten asshole chums who are gonna be running it for the highest graft so you know yeah (laughs) mileage may vary A bit. But the point is, the gods of the market have spoken. Oh, yeah. And they have rendered their verdict on the carbon economy. There is not going to be any pulling back from this. Trump couldn't stop it, and he tried. Biden couldn't rescue it if he wanted to. And he just might not, because push comes to shove... He'll at least be an austerity hawk on something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the Democratic half of the capitalist class is that big on dirty energy. You know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I guess that leads us
1: into... and right Logistics.
0: Oh, um, yeah.
1: And the elephant in the room that we talked about earlier,
0: No Deal Brexit. Um, it's coming, and it cannot be stopped. Another dangerous drinking game, by the way, with this podcast. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be No Deal. The European Parliament has made it abundantly clear that they're not going to just pass this thing sight unseen. Um, and who can blame them? Like, we know that Westminster will, because the Tories will do whatever Boris says on Brexit. The rebel oh, yeah. Tories are useless as fuck, just like always. They always were, you stupid shit libs. They were never going to save you.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean... Putting your faith in the fucking Tories? Come on. Yeah. So, at this point, it's happening. Like, there's been pictures and drone footage and multiple reports of thousands of lorries backed up at Dover. And lorry, by the way, for the American listeners, is British for trucks. Um, Yeah. Huge, fuck-off tractor trailers just
1: completely queued up as far as the eye can see. It's like it's like the fate equivalent of all those disaster um, videos where cars are just streaming out of the city. And there's like one or uh, one of the more infamous videos that um, was taking one for drone, and you can see, like, a couple of lorries moving in the opposite direction, and <laughs> I mean, it's and now's the time to get out your ladybird books um, you know how to prepare for civil unrest how to prepare for nuclear fallout how to prepare for Brexit
0: yeah um, this is it there's, it's not going to be averted and you know to give a range here because you know you got to be careful when you're putting this stuff out there so we're going to give you an approximate range mm-hmm. of what it could look like and we have a reasonable idea of what a post-imperial pre-European Union Britain looks like and that's called the 1970s to the early 1980s
1: yeah I mean, there's... You know, the three-day
0: is... work week because of power shortages, um, hyperinflation, Thatcher going to war on the working class.
1: You know, that, uh, yeah.
0: that that would be the an optimistic expectation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... The UK has not been
0: a net food exporter ever. Not since, like, the Napoleonic Wars, and back then they had Ireland. Yeah, without Ireland, this whole
1: project kind of just completely breaks down. And that's part of why they entered the EEC in the first place, was to secure food imports. so So that you could have sufficient calories for the working class so that um, the Tories were not beaten to death in the
0: streets. Pretty much. And the Queen executed for um, genocide. Yeah. This is a situation of when Britain didn't have her empire, she was flat fucking broke. And that's why they joined the EEC in the first place. So now... We're going to go back to that. After antagonizing their prospective largest trading partner over Ireland. Mm -hmm. Because it seems the one potentially good thing Joe Biden will do is absolutely fuck the Tories over on Ireland and Good Friday.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, he's going to make them stick to that agreement no matter what it costs the UK, and if they had to eat shit, then so be it, and that was the reason that I've always been very skeptical of the Lexit argument because arguably Greece was more able to detach itself from the European sphere than the UK is. Like, if nothing else, Greece could snug up to the Mideast. Um, It
0: would be painful for them, but they could do that. Yeah, and finance is just not enough to prop up the UK. That's what they've got at this point. You cannot eat a pound note. Manufacturers have been progressively announcing their plans to leave. Major banks are even relocating most of their operations to Frankfurt or Dublin, like, this is just not good for the British economy, and, you know, when your best case scenario is the 1970s to the 80s, shit's gonna kinda suck, and, you know, they didn't have COVID, or Boris Johnson, or this particular brand of Tories, or, you know, Scottish and Welsh and Irish nationalism, like, through the ceiling with good reason (laughs) like at this
1: point like one of the major arguments in favor of like you know Scottish independence was at least we won't be chained to Westminster and their their like actively hostile policy towards us um like they're running this whole union thing into the ground and we we need a ripcord. Yeah. And the only reason they didn't pull the ripcord was the potential of losing European Union status. Well now that's moot,
0: isn't it? Well, especially now that you've got like French President Emmanuel Macron publicly supporting Scottish independence. Um, The European Union in general lining up behind the government in Dublin to say, hey, uh, if you fuck around with Good Friday, we are going to push your face in and feed you your teeth. This is like if there ever was a moment that Scottish independence or Welsh independence, or anything like that could succeed, it would be now. Um, Yeah. Not immediately. Um, Just wait till the food shortages kick off that every single credible economist is predicting. Yeah. I think it'll be fine for a couple weeks. Then all hell breaks loose. UNICEF has already dispatched their first food aid mission to the United Kingdom in history. Yeah. Um,
1: Things were already pretty bleak before um, the UK decided to crash out of the EU with not even a semblance of a deal. Um, And... I have no faith in the Tories that they can lead the country through this crisis. Um, But, I mean, you shouldn't have any faith in Tories to do anything
0: remotely good for anyone. Yeah.
1: I mean, mean, aside
0: from themselves. Exactly. And only
1: themselves.
0: (laughs) Expect the Tories to always do what's best for them. And their chums. And fuck everyone else. And they will do it more intelligently than the Republican Party. In some way or another. Because they're yeah. competently evil bastards. So, yeah. it And what this, of course, is going to do amidst a global economy where European stocks are dropping, the United States is, like, in a situation of contemplating emergency measures and all kinds of other shit. You know, fiscal emergency measures, rather. Yeah, this global economy is going to eat shit. Yes. Like, the UK will be decimated, but the European economy that's about to lose British purchases isn't going to do so hot either. Yeah. I Uh, mean,
1: in real terms, like, the trade is not that much. But, I mean, carving off a few percentage points here and there... Takes you, It takes you out of handling the recession okay-ish to everything's on fire.
0: Yeah, and as we mentioned before, the EU is one of those regions that's more or less been able to hobble through the crisis well enough to keep the core mechanics of the global economy moving.
1: Yeah. Like, I have no fucking faith in these people. Um, I have faith in the EU that they will protect their interests and
0: such. But... I also think they're going to probably tell Macron to pipe down about the privatization shit, because they're you know the german conservatives aren't really talking about that anymore um you're seeing all kinds of talk in the capitals of europe of expanded aid and investment to power through the economic crisis like i think it's fair to say that the political class in the european union has looked at what's happening in the united states and went yeah um social safety nets are good so is public investment yeah I mean,
1: if nothing else, it's not entirely unreasonable to think, what would America do and then do the opposite as far as European neoliberals are concerned? Like, that's not it's not a perfect metric, but it's pretty close, and I at this point, I think that they don't want a repeat of two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, the whole the whole fucking austerity shit show um, I think did more damage to the European project than they realized at the time. and I don't know they may I think they may have realized that. It's not worth it.
0: Yeah, they just seem to be less ideologically wedded to it than the American political class still (laughs) is.
1: Yeah. Beyond all reason.
0: Which I think kind of brings us to our last word.
1: Yeah. So...
0: You want to introduce it? So, since the details of the new stimulus started hitting the press, hashtag General Strike has been trending on Twitter. There have been all kinds of fun Marie Antoinette eat cake memes, and all kinds of other similar, you know, digital response that we've been seeing. And since this is COVID, that's probably going to be the most reliable indicator of public opinion at least right now nobody seems to really like this and I think there's also an understanding of a lot more can because a lot more was done earlier this year and has been done in other countries
1: yeah and
0: I mean obviously
1: one thing that popped up today. In fact, within the past hour as we started recording this. Um <sighs> Trump does not like the current stimulus package. He thinks it's too little.
0: Uh... And he's he is correct on this. He's, yeah. No, he's absolutely <laughs> right. The broken clock moment has arrived. And Anyone with a fucking brain can see this is not enough. <laughs> like, he wants $2,000.
1: Um, and, frankly, he's right. He is fucking right. Like, 2000 It wouldn't be enough, but it would be substantial enough that you could say that, yes... Um, this could actually uh, stimulate the economy, keep, uh, keep debt serviced, um, keep the money flowing, you know, get that money velocity pumping again. Like, that could actually do something, especially if it's followed up by more.
0: <sighs> Congratulations, shitlibs. You have been outflanked to the left by Donald fucking Trump. Yeah. Good um, job. Whatever
1: Eldritch deal that Biden made with um, McConnell to get this shit show um, over the finish line, he sure as shit didn't clear it with Trump.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't. At this point, it seems like you'll get a veto-approved majority on this, but this is. Wow, that's really putting the cat amongst the pigeons in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we, uh,
1: I bring this up because it's like (laughs) they just like snatched it away at like the last, uh, he wants to snatch it away um, at like the last
0: fucking second. You know? It is exactly what you would do on a reality TV show. Maximum tension, maximum drama, everybody's watching. And now he comes out and blows everybody out of the water. Yeah. And this is... It is the kind of shit he knows how to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So, with all of that in mind, what is to be done? (laughs) So, at this point, we can safely say that this shit stimulus, this shit response, what's going to happen next is pretty firmly owned by Washington, D.C. Both parties are on board with it, except for Donald Trump. And which actually adds an additional thing we have to worry about on the left of now we have to compete with the fucking Chuds directly on this shit. (laughs) But at least both parties are going to be telling the Chuds and the Left to get stuffed. Yeah. So yeah. Let's talk general strikes. Historically speaking, really short version, when general strikes have happened in the United States, they usually were spontaneous sympathy actions in support of an existing strike. Like the San Francisco 1933 general strike began as a dock worker strike. The same was true of the Seattle 1919 general strike. Um, The Oakland 19... Forty-six general strike began in solidarity with a uh, retail workers strike and all kinds of other similar stuff. Um, so it's important to emphasize that some of the most powerful examples of those specifically in US history were not pre-planned. And the same was true of the British 1926 general strike. Like it began as a coal miner's strike.
1: Mm.
0: So as much as It's good to see people talking about let's down tools and shut this shit down. It's good to be aware of this, that historically speaking, general strikes have required this kind of militancy and required significant labor organization, but usually the most powerful and successful ones exploded on their own. (sighs) So that doesn't mean, you know, calling for general strike on Twitter is going to cause a general strike, but it doesn't mean that the relative lack of labor representation in the American workforce is as much of an impediment, especially in these circumstances, as it otherwise would be. Mm. I mean...
1: (sighs) at this point, that I feel like that's probably going to end up being the the precondition of getting anything done. Becoming
0: ungovernable. Yep. Like, it wouldn't be surprising if the eviction moratorium that's in the stimulus is there purely because of things like the Red House in Portland and other eviction defenses and direct disruption of eviction hearings have been going on across the country like at least one of those shitheads in DC has heard of that
1: yeah yeah I mean this is so amazingly fucked and I mean the only way out of this is we got to fight back.
0: And we can. Um, mhm. <laughs> so yeah. Remember that and talk to your neighbors, talk to your coworkers and uh, I mean the general strike starts a few Yep, and even where there were eviction moratoriums in place, by the way, there still were illegal evictions going on, and the fact that Congress has only kicked this can down the road by a month is not promising. Oh, no. If you're expecting it to come from evictions, if you're expecting it to come from a number of other things, I mean, who knows? At this point the entire political singularity has just sort of exploded. Um, yeah.
1: I am almost tempted to start pulling together a new Doomsday episode, but... We're... <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um... I have no. I don't have any clarity here. Um,
0: it's it's all fucked. Um, oh, we have an update. Oh, no? as of time of recording on this. So, um, on <laughs> Trump's demand for two thousand dollars, Nancy Pelosi has released a statement as of five thirty-three p.m. December twenty-second, stating the following. Republicans repeatedly refused to say what amount the president wanted for direct checks. At last, the president has agreed to $2,000. Democrats are ready to bring this to the floor this week by unanimous consent. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my god god (laughs) holy shit pelosi has more than two brain cells
1: (laughs) i mean (laughs) and you know frankly um this is probably the best way for trump to go out um Especially if he wants to try this whole presidency thing again in 24. He wants to be the guy who is like, I was trying to get you 2000 Um They only wanted to give you 600
0: yeah. but Yeah. <laughs> Mitch McConnell's brain is exploding. <laughs>
1: yeah, so... Yeah, I'm just like crack pinging here. This um, is
0: yeah. This is gonna get really <laughs> messy. Like the all, the other one already passed with a veto-proof majority, so it's a thing. Yeah, but I mean, you could you could just whip up a bill real quick to
1: um, amend it. Um, it's not like you're stuck with it. Yeah, um, like this- there, there's still enough time in the legislative session
0: that. You could dash this off. The, um, this is going to be interesting. This just, yeah. And I, I after don't, after I'm not going to promise that it will happen, but Jesus. After Joe, uh, after Joe Biden went out of his way to get completely outflanked on this. <sighs> uh, the shit lips are so fucked. I'll totally take the money but I just want to put it out there
1: (laughs) oh yeah so yeah this is um, Chop Shop Economics
0: we read this shit so you don't have to (laughs) bye everyone oh
1: God, this is amazing. <laughs> hey, leave that in. <laughs> leave that part in. Um, oh, I need to uh